scientists are liars and profound ones at that. They do not engage in little white lies. These lies they leave to amateurs such as politicians and petty criminals. When it comes to how much stress a welded joint can be put under before giving way, they are scrupulously honest. But the trick of lying and getting away with it is to be honest where you can be and where it will not reveal the lie. Scientists will spend millions of our money to find out which kind of manure a filth fly prefers because they want to give us the impression truth is their highest priority. But these are facts they are working to uncover not truths. Facts do not have inherent value whereas truths do. Scientists have developed many sophisticated systems of measurement and obsessively work to find better ways of increasing the accuracy of the metrics used. The inch has less error than before. And so, the physical sciences have become known for the accuracy of their predictions based on the accuracy of their measurements. This is due to the removal of more and more deviations from the mean. The tolerance has been reduced. The accuracy of the physical sciences has led to the assumption or conclusion that physical reality is as accurate as the measurements we make. If we can weigh and measure it then it is substantial, physical and real in a concrete way. But the concrete and substantialness of what we think is real is really defined by the measurements we have made. The electron was merely a fuzzy notion until weighed, measured and located. But the weight of a grasshopper is no more absolute than the location of an electron. The distance between two cities is different in kilometers and miles, even though the time it takes to get from one city to another remains the same. But this begs the question of how fast were we going? If we had a different hour our time of travel could be longer or shorter even if we went at the same speed. It is obvious that if we are quoted a price in dollars, we cannot pay the amount in lire without the use of an exchange rate. But is the price of turnips any different from the weight of a rock or the distance of a celestial body? These are all systems of measurements, and all have been devised by us. The speed of light cannot be known unless we measure it, but this is not just a technical problem. The problem is not just about sending and receiving a light signal from an object with a known distance from the observer. We need a way to measure the time elapsed from the sending to the receiving. But what is time but the speed and distance between physical objects? Even if these objects are marks on the face of a clock. If the speed changed or the distance between points changed, time would change without us being aware of it. Relativity calls this phenomenon time dilation and it occurs as an element of acceleration but really the phenomenon is just showing us our systems of measurement are artificial. Another way of saying it is that our systems of measurements are interconnected. We cannot grasp time without space, or movement, without acceleration. We experience acceleration as gravity. Acceleration is movement through time, as this movement through time is the same as accelerating through space. The substance of reality is only as substantial as our systems of measurement. On the human scale these measures seem real. At the fundamental level they are interconnected, interdependent and the solidness of our measurements become what physicists call fuzzy. But this means we need a unit of measure for the social sciences if our world is to be made real. 
but this is something scientists say cannot happen because they say physical reality is different from society, as if civilization is in a different world than bridges and buildings. If we can measure the tensile strength of concrete, why can we not measure right and wrong? Devising a social metric ought to be easy, but if it was, it would have been done already. It is doubtful if it is known what is supposed to be measured. For example, what is the purpose of man? Why do we exist? If there is no answer to this or we do not know it, what are we going to measure? That is, are we measuring something that needs measuring or something irrelevant to what mankind is supposed to be building societally? But to even consider there is a unit correlating with the purpose of man requires us to abandon the physical reality motif. A purpose of man is too ontological to be encompassed by phenomenology or secularism. In other words, there is no purpose of man possible in a secular reality. Indeed, we have been lied about this also, physical reality is not about the substance of the world, it is about secularism. Physical reality is a secular reality. If we did establish or recognize man as a purpose, this would need to be quantified or digitalized, or it would be like a product with no description. There has to be a unit that the purpose of man can be measured. If our purpose is to reverse greenhouse gas emissions, then we need to be able to measure the amount of greenhouse gases being released. This is just common sense. Therein lays the problem because if the humanities become part of the hard sciences the lies of the scientists will be revealed. We cannot harden the humanities if the world is constructed in the way scientists argue it is. What is more, a science of the humanities will destroy the narrative of the left. Science has produced a lot of technology and a lot of devices, but it has never produced a single solution to a single real problem. Science has said, produces facts not truths. Mankind knows how to make cars, munitions, computers and hot dogs, but these were not answers to a problem. Technical advances have given us greater factual knowledge and choices, but these advances have not solved an actual human problem. Making hydroelectricity did not answer a problem, it gave us more choices. It might be better to say electricity reduces the inconveniences in certain areas, rather than saying it solved the problem of darkness. Unemployment is a problem, no farm machinery or lower-powered machinery is not a problem. It is an inconvenience. Hunger is a problem. Not being able to go to the moon might be inconvenient, but it is not a problem. Eliminating the need for taxation would solve a problem. Getting to the moon would not solve anything other than the inconvenience, such as it is, of not being able to get to the moon. We have to solve the problem of quantifying the humanities before we can contemplate solutions to our social problems. The problems of man are a problem of science. They are not an inconvenience. But what are the humanities concerned with? What problem are they trying to solve? Surely the problem of man would tie in with our inability to fulfill our purpose. The sciences are not trying to solve the problems, they are just looking for factual data. They are trying to describe the universe. But the humanities are trying to solve problems. 
the humanities seek the truth in a way the physical sciences do not and cannot, because the truth is not found in the physical world. This problem of quantifying the humanities is not as difficult to solve as it might seem, so long as we do not keep trying to make sense of the world as if it was a purely physical thing. The world is, in one sense, a solution to a social problem. Eden had no problems. Man created a problem where none existed. The solution man devised was to create a new reality, known as Babylon, but which is now closely aligned to liberalism. The problem for us is we do not wish to face the real problem. We do not go back to the original problem, the one we created. We do not see the world as our answer to a problem that originated with our rebellion against God. But what we really do not confront is that any solution to this world and the solution it represents involves a rebirth. If this earth is a fictitious solution to a fictitious problem the solution to it must be a conceptual return to Eden. A solution to this world constitutes a departure from what is tactically Babylon. To make things clear. Imagine Eden being physically real, perhaps a city. We committed treason and were expelled from the city. We have been living in foreign lands, ruled by or centered on, Babylon. To solve our problem is to remedy our treason. We must renounce our own Babylonian captivity and find a way to restore our citizenship in Eden. In other words, we cannot reconcile with those who we betrayed by remaining with the enemy. But these are not Eden and Babylon are not real places in the way we understand real cities. Eden and Babylon are concepts or worldviews, they represent two ways of representing reality. We might equate the difference to adopting a fallacious philosophy and embracing the truth. The solution to a lie is to accept a way of thinking that is true. But the problem is still deeper, because if the world is conceptual, rather than physical, the holder of one worldview adopts an identity that is tantamount to a racial identity. It is not our flesh that defines our race, but our philosophy. If you hold to a different truth, you are effectively in a different reality. This is not something scientists want people to know. It is not consistent with their philosophical reality. In coming to a solution, we need to see the problem as epistemologically fundamental. A solution has to address the fundamental philosophical issue, not a physical situation. Poverty is not solved by throwing material goods at it. The conventional approach may make sense from a physical perspective, but if we see the problem as an epistemological one, a problem of understanding, it is not likely to be rectified by a large influx of cash. Poverty is not a problem alienated from us, but a problem of us. The problem is tied up in how we see ourselves and how we identify ourselves. It is a problem of how we think. Every problem has two possible conclusions. These answers reflect two different human identities tied to two different philosophies. If we do not understand the races of man are tied to two realms of consciousness, we will not understand the solutions that each race has devised and which reflect the natures they espouse. One race is moral in their viewpoint and the other is ethical. One race thinks right and wrong are epistemological and the other sees them as phenomenological.
If these categories are not understood it is guaranteed you do not understand where the division between the races is. The two realities are mirror images of each other as the devil mirrors God. In a moral universe doing right is personal and impacts the person. In an ethical system there is no good and evil, there are only rules and their enforcement. But what is legal or illegal is always up for debate and exceptions are always possible. The system we are in is an ethical one. It operates on laws. This reliance on laws applies to the non-human sphere, this is why science has been successful in the physical sciences. But the law does not work well in the humanities, because there are too many factors and too many issues which must be addressed. Factors cannot be isolated in the human sphere and so cannot be investigated in isolation the way elements of the physical world can be isolated. This is why science in the humanities must adopt a moral rather than ethical position. The metric we study and measure has to be attached to the person. We have to be morally good in a measurable way, not law-abiding. When God created reality, he made it good. This is a moral observation, not an ethical one. It is a statement about value. God made things good, which indicates they have value. He owns this value. The purpose of man is to add value to the good things of God. This is bearing fruit. This is being connected to the vine. The fruits of faith and the things of value we create as modifications of what belongs to God. We do not determine the value, though we create the value. It is through the value we create we are bound to the church and therefore to God. If we destroy value, we are loosed from the church according to the details given in Matt 18 15-18. We know when we create value, because the value we create is created for the church. But this activity is not an element or aspect of liberalism. This needs to be understood. The big lie of science is the big lie of liberal scientists. It is fine to create standards and objectivity when it comes to building homes and engineering but when it is personal, standards are persona non gratia, at least for liberals. The value of capitalism and communism are not predicated on your personal preferences, the right and the left are not rated by what benefits you the most. But if physical reality is a substance and this is the compound common to us all, it is not just that humans are not special they are common, no one has any more value than another. This might seem to be a negative way to think about people. But if a person is not special in the grand scheme of things there is no standard which he or she needs to live up to. The special have standards to live up to. The profane have none, they can indulge their desires and feelings because there is no basis on which what they do is wrong. In fact, the emotions become the only truth in their life. The humanities have no standard to live by, because liberals refuse to live by any standard but that governed by their emotions. Physical reality is an incoherent and inherently unprovable claim that contradicts its own premise. But scientists have convinced us to live according to it, because it has permitted us to live governed by our emotions. But reality is not physical and there is a right and wrong, meaning there is a right and wrong way to live. When God said things were good, 
he was not wrong. We need to be perfected, but we cannot be perfected in the flesh. We are perfected in the spirit, in the way we think and understand reality. Reality is logical which means how we think must be guided by logic. It is not even logical to claim reality is physical. If the world is physical, it is not logical and if logical it cannot be physical. The two paradigms are not compatible. But obviously we have to make them seem compatible because we cannot deny logic. Scientists want to convince us the world is physical because they do not wish to give logic its due because logic leads to God. But the problem does not end there for the left, because if one gets to God one has to realize there are moral standards imposed on us. There is a right and wrong way to live. The social sciences are hard sciences in a logical and sanctified reality. But we have to start with the logical fact that we did not create reality and therefore we do not have a claim on it. All that is real and if you like, all that is logical, belongs to God. God created logic to contain us and to give us a reality to work from within. By denying logic and holding on to the substance or sense that logic gives, we give ourselves something to hold on to, we think. Physical reality is not real and has no true substance. It is logical thought that turns reality into something we value. This is a war over this value that we are in. It is a battle between the doers and the takers. The left are takers even if they are billionaires. Takers need doers to take from. In the end all power comes down to power over property. People come and go it is the earth itself the takers want, after the doers have turned the earth into what the doers want. Takers are not after the natural earth they want the processed and humanized earth, the earth that our technology and our systems brought about. We doers build it and the takers want power over it. This is aided and abetted by democracy, democracy is not a deterrent to tyranny it is another path to it. Democracy is evil but the alternative to democracy is not an authoritarian dictatorship. Democracy is as likely to lead to this as rebellion. A revolution is democracy by other means. We are either doers who do things or takers who take what doers have built. Democracy is just one way of shifting the power to take into fewer hands. Democracy consolidates power as much as any revolution does. The doers either reform and defeat the takers or we lose it all. What the doers must understand is that in a physical reality the strong take from the weak, in a logical universe we own what we create. Scientists want to prove we exist in a physical universe in which the strong have the rights. Christ's point of view is that the world belongs to the logical, the clear-minded in force if it is to be used will be used exclusively by God.